My name is Dallas Robert Duchin. Um, my background is roofing. I've done 27 plus years of roofing. I started very young. Um, but now I'm, I'm an artist and I do both. What got you into art? Uh, my daughter was diagnosed with hip dysplasia at the age of about three and a half. The surgeries mean uh, body cast. So there's three surgeries involved to correct the two hips. Um, two of which left her in a body cast for two and a half months at a time. And as you can imagine, that could be a frustrating experience. I mean, I've never been through the actual cast, but put yourself yeah, in a position. Can only imagine. It'd be very difficult. So for me and my wife, in a way to try to minimize the pain and or stress and the uncomfortable situation that my daughter was going through, we did many things. We played, we introduced video games, uh, Barbies, Monster High dolls, all these types of things, and uh, art. Art was most definitely one of them. Uh, art, one of the best benefits of art is self-esteem. It will help build self-esteem because creativity is always accepted and when we're dealing with children like you're not going to tell that child your artist that's stupid like you would never do that you, it's encouraging so it's because it's an encouraging environment it's a it's building self-esteem on a consistent basis um, I'm personally I'm an abstract artist so one of the beauties of abstract art and my daughter that's how we get into it she helps me paint um, almost all of my paintings she will put her touch on it and I sand through so I do all the hard work because I sand through them <laughs> uh, but say, she puts her touch on her them yeah uh, the beauty thing with that is um, you can do no wrong there's there's no wrong in abstract art you throw whether she's throwing canvas at it so it's always an expression and it's always positive and um, self-esteem building so I yes I believe it's therapy in many different ways Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. My name is Kundwani Mwase. This show is meant to shed light on undertold stories out of Africa. Our vision is to introduce you to some extraordinary people doing incredible things. Three years ago, my sister invited my wife to a fundraiser called Tea for Two. It was a Mother's Day event, so naturally, my wife went with our daughter. The trio vanished into a building and emerged hours later, beaming, laughing, and on some curious high. I came to learn that the event, the brainchild of Aileen Hill, was created to raise funds to help send underprivileged kids to summer camp, art camp specifically. a novel idea. 
So every year, I dropped off the three of them, waited, and bore witness to the same expressions of joy as they exited the event. This year, I was fortunate enough to be invited, and of course, I graciously accepted. Now is my chance to go inside. Wasn't too long till curiosity grabbed a hold and I started poking around, asking questions. Here, in part, is our conversation. My name is Aileen Hill, um, and I believe that, first of all, I heard that Aileen is an Irish name, and it's a derivative of Helen. What's your, uh, what does your family look like then? Do you have, do you have siblings or? So um, I do have a brother. Mm-hmm. We weren't raised together because he's 11 years older than I am. So he's a half brother. But I grew up as an only child with a lot a lot of cousins. Okay. My mother comes from a very large family. She's um, one of 14, 13, and my dad's one of five. So I had a lot of first cousins, but I grew up like an only child. Where's your, um, where's your background? Um, both my parents are Antiguan. Oh, is it? So they're from Antigua, yep. And um, I was born in Toronto, and when I was two, we moved back to the Caribbean. So I, my formative years were throughout the Caribbean, multiple mm. islands. When did you move back? When I was uh, turning 13. Okay. I was about to go into high school. My parents wanted me to be in one place instead of moving around every two years or so. Mm-hmm. And so we moved back then. So do you associate yourself with... Antigua or the Caribbean in general or like what's yeah I yes Antiguan yes but I will always say first off I'm West Indian I'm from the Caribbean because it doesn't matter what island I go to to this day as soon as I step foot on the island I'm home how important is that is that culture to you then very it is the crux of my that's my foundation I would love to say I'm just a person of the world because I do believe that. But foundationally, that is (laughs) the most important thing to me. Um, From the food, the the water, the culture, you know, carnival, all of that, I feel a really strong kinship that even though I left at 13, my first thought is not that I'm Canadian, even though... I am. My first thought is, "Mm, I'm West Indian. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you about Precious Gems and all you're doing there. But maybe Mm -hmm. before we jump there, what has led you to Precious Gems, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll get to what is Precious Gems in a second. But what's led you on that path? Growing up, I thought that I was going to be a child psychologist. From, I think, maybe 15 or 16 I felt that young people needed an outlet. So I did do my psychology degree, but 
I didn't think that I would be able to handle counseling and being a therapist to children and then sending them back into similar environments. I didn't know that I had the strength that it took to not take all of it home with me. And so I decided in my early 20s that maybe that wasn't for me. And then fast forward to, you know, continuing to work, um, working with people, working with travel. But then I wanted to see what else is there. And I did a course. And one particular course was called um, Self-Expression and Leadership. And there was a project. And it said, you know, find an area where you don't have a voice and put on some type of event to help that area. First thought was kids. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh. And at that time, I was interested in yoga. I liked music. And I thought, oh, let's... Let's see, what could we do to help children with that? And the reason that I chose that is because I come from a musical family. My father, all my life, has performed in, um, he's, he sings. My uncle plays the organ. And I really believe in the joy that came from those types of things. So when I first thought of, oh, well, how will I have a voice in an area I don't have a voice? I thought, oh. Let me go and do something for kids, either to do with yoga or music. I went and I looked for an organization that I could give the money to and do something. And I was looking and looking and I was looking for music. Um, And instead, I found something and it was called Camp Expressions. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, expression. That's a good one. And I realized it was all about visual arts. And I thought, oh, that's not music, though, because yeah. I had one thing in mind. But because I like to dabble in photography as well, I thought, it doesn't matter. It's expression. Of course, and yeah. that's where um, I went to them. And I said, so how would I go about, you know, giving you money and saving 10 spots for kids to go to camp here for two weeks? Because it's a two-week camp. Right. And they said, well, suppose you don't make the money. I said, no, I'm going to make the money. <laughs> I said, but suppose you don't. I said, but I'm here committing to you, so I know it'll happen. Yeah. And I did a jazz brunch. And as soon as I did that, and it was successful, and we were able to send those children to camp, and it was, again, part of this um, course that I was doing, I said, oh, this is my life's work. That was the that was the sort of the, the catalyst for you jumping into this precious gem. Yes. Now, I'm hearing a couple things in here that I'm, I'm really curious about. Mm-hmm. Children. Yes. And what seems to be sort of like a heightened level of empathy. Where is that coming from? I think that I feel really strongly about young people being heard. It, it really gets to me when I think of, it gets to me when I think of people being taken advantage of mm-hmm. or people not having an opportunity to see all of the things that are possible for them. So more than anything, I want people to be able to be their best selves. And that means exposure. And so that, that I think starts with children. That's a, that's a great answer, and um, but I'm going to press you on it a little bit because if mm-hmm. I'm getting the chronology right, yeah, 
you came to that realization as a child yourself. Yes. Yes. So was it just a matter of you felt in comparison to what you were living at home, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't see that reflected in, in your colleagues or? Um, that's a good question. I think at that time of my life, I felt very certain about things. So speaking with people and, and hearing teenagers and the angst of the teenage years and what to do and blah, blah, blah. I just felt like I had laser focus on how to handle situations. I had no doubt. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't see that in other people. So, so you're, you're working at Four Seasons. You got a lot of support from your corporate um, environment. Right. Um, but still a lot of stress on you in terms of time. Yes. Um, how was that? I think, as I said, thank goodness for Cedar Ridge and the city and so on. The time, somehow, when you really love what you're doing, mm. you make it work. There's a there's a level of stubbornness here, uh-huh. right? <laughs> um, and so, like, redirected yeah. in a good place, channeled in a good place, it seems to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Where is that? That's the... Um, the strength. Yeah, the stubborn uh, thing. The stubborn. I mean... but as you I think I've always been that way. You said it correctly. It's strength, right? But it, yeah. is, it is a little bit of stubbornness. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I just... I think that in many ways, yeah. I refused to believe it couldn't be done. And the other thing I think... I never thought of it this way, but I think I refused to conform. I think there's some level of that where on the outside or when I was doing certain things, I look like more of the person who would conform, Um, you know, say the right things, Mm -hmm. manage yourself appropriately. And I still believe in that. But I recognized as time went on, if you really believe in it, if you really love something, if you really have a passion for it, then you need to go for it. I love collaboration because we are small and we don't have the outreach or necessarily the finances to do all of the things that I would love to do. So partnering with that nonprofit worked out perfectly. They had some grants that they could use. We had access to the kids and the kids got to do a variety of components for their, for their program. So when I say if I can, if I found something that really worked well, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that I should try to create anything from scratch anymore. Mm-hmm. Before, I would have been the type to say, well, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Now I like the idea of inserting ourselves and complementing something that may already exist. And sometimes, yes, starting from scratch, um, whatever works. But I recognize that I I don't have to shine brightly by myself. That's not what Precious Gems is. The project is literally a project, you know, find ways where you don't have a voice and give the voice. And that means to me a lot of collaboration and and that has worked the best for, for the last few years. That's great. Um, Coming to the end here, but I got a couple mm-hmm. more for you. What's the best part about what you do? 
now it's meeting meeting the children and and hearing from them, reading their notes about what they enjoy and um, what they liked about the camp or why they want to go. Um, that gives me great joy. I never knew some of the things that they think about. Now, the easiest one is I really like doing art and I'd like to go to camp. But I have heard things from, I don't have many friends at school hmm. and I'd like to make some new friends. I've heard from a boy, I'd like to be an engineer. And I think that doing art may be a great way. I'd like to be an engineer when I grow up. I've heard everything. Hmm. And that is really something that moves me. I'm sure you can hear it. It moves yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. And with the way that things are over the last few years and knowing that mental health um, is so important. And by the age of seven, there may be a sign of issues with yeah. mental health. Yeah. So to me, get them while they're young means build that confidence in their own expression, no matter what it is. You can be good in math. You can be good in science. You can be good in reading. But you know what? It's just as good to be good in art. It's just as good to express through drumming. So we've, you know, we've assisted with drumming going into the schools. We've assisted with um, mobile museums going into the schools as well. And actually um, showing inventors from different cultures. So whatever it takes to help them broaden their mind is worth it to me. You should, this should be on every, every <laughs> talk show, every, this should be like, you know, Bell Let's Talk should be talking about this. Like mm -hmm. it should be everywhere. Um, but there's a little bit of me that's a bit hyper in that, in that um, desire. Mm -hmm. What does success look like for you? What do you, what do you want? For Precious Gems? Yeah. Um, not to say you haven't got there already, but I'm just... No, no. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to... It's a work in progress. Yeah. You are completely right. Um, it has morphed over the years. So that's the first thing. No matter what, I, I left out a part of the um, onset or creation of Precious Gems. After we did the project, we mm -hmm. were supposed to give it away. And that's the one thing that I didn't do. So the course that I did, yeah. find a... Find an area, you know, do something, raise funds for it, and then give it away. That is part of letting it live be beyond you. Oh and I couldn't do it. Oh. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't see the value in it. At the time, I didn't care yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I loved it so. But now, I get that. I would love to have projects throughout the GTA. Yeah. I would love to have projects throughout Canada, if, if I could. Yeah. But I also recognize that it has to live outside of me. And so however that comes about, whether it's that, that's why I came back to collaboration. So whether I'm collaborating with others or just finding ways to make sure that young people get an opportunity to be heard and to express so that they build that confidence and self-esteem, that will make me happy. I must admit that this episode has been quite an interesting one for me. K 
kids are an inescapable core to this particular story. And while I have two amazing kids, some incredible nephews, and find joy in the children of my friends and family, I gotta admit that uh, I'm not exactly the poster child for kid-centric stories. I'm a bit of a fish out of water. So I called upon one of the people in my life who I thought was remarkable with kids. What I learned after our chat is that he's so much more. He's passionate, driven, and unequivocally in the right place. He's the kid whisperer I wish I had whenever I was confronted with a room full of little people. I hope you'll enjoy his take as much as I did. Here, in part, is our conversation. Can you give me your your full name? Yeah, so George Maloof. Where, where's that from? I'm from, both my parents are actually from Lebanon. George is a pretty common name in my in my culture. I have like three or four Uncle Georges and a <laughs> bunch of cousins named George. <laughs> what camp do you work with for Slash? And can you tell me about, about the camp? Absolutely. So I work for Sunnyside Up Summer Camp. I actually started it. I started it in uh, 2014. I'm always interested when, when I see young people working with other young people. So have you always kind of liked uh, engaging with kids? Yeah. So, I mean, so both my sisters, uh, we all used to work at Douglas Hill Park Center. It's a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so they climbed the ranks and became managers. And they're all, I'm the youngest. So when they were managers, I actually became a lifeguard and a swim instructor. And that's how it all kind of began. Um, and then from being a lifeguard, I became a swim teacher. Uh, and then, and then I started, I, I played basketball my whole life. So when, when I was too old to play basketball, I started to coach for the organization that, that I used to, uh, play for. Uh, I, I like to think of myself as a child myself. Yeah. So I, I just, I just love it. It's so much fun. And just like seeing the excitement in, in curiosity and kids, in, you can see it. And it's so raw and so real, uh, from a child. But I just love it. So I, and that's why when I got pushed into construction. Um, so I'm, I'm happy I did it. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of gave me perspective on like, well, you can't be doing something you don't love. If you look at your your business, like, what is the most rewarding part of your business? And, and maybe while you're thinking about it, I'll, I'll, the reason why I'm asking that question partially is. You don't seem like a traditional entrepreneur to me. Sometimes I, I stumble upon people who are serial entrepreneurs. So for them, it's rewarding to like to build something that turns into something that that's working, right? And that people are coming back to and whatever. So for them, it, it almost doesn't matter what it is. It could be like it could be a car wash, it could be a camp, it could be a, a like a, a line of crayons, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting, actually. Nobody's really asked me like this and, and put it the way you just did. Um, a really distinct um, thing about our camp is we like work on like social uh, cues with the kids. So like a lot of kids would like be playing with themselves, and we think that's important. Um, but uh, 
like alone time, like if they're reading a book by themselves, that's important. But then, like you'll see kids playing by themselves and and other kids playing with other kids and kind of not paying them any mind. But it's it's really important to like see them and like without us having to tell them. Like obviously we'll tell them at the beginning to like okay, like oh why don't you go try playing with this person or why don't you hold the door with someone or why don't you like try sharing with this person. And then after a couple of days or weeks, even sometimes you see them doing it themselves and then and then them growing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool thing to see and another really cool thing to see is is seeing their creativity grow um so we can give them like all these different materials and like teach them certain kinds of like basketball skills i'll relate it to basketball because it's like a really cool way to think about it but if we teach a kid how to like cross over um and then he keeps working on that working on that and then eventually he starts to mix in his own moves it, it, it actually like builds character in a way um, they're kind of just like you're, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it like right in front of your face. You're seeing them like mold into like a human, um, into like a real human being, like a, like with like with passion. And like some kids, they're so diehard. When you find out what they really, really like, and we 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 focus on that. Like I have this one kid. His name's Charlie, um, and he's been with us for four years now, actually. And every year he comes like loving something else. Like one year it was soccer, so we did so much soccer with him, like obsessed. Um, and then the next year it was basketball, so we did so much basketball with him. And, and you see, because he's so passionate about it, he's putting in that actual work, just like the way I'm passionate about the camp, and I'm building it in the right way. These kids are passionate about certain things, and we want them to grow. And maybe that'll change. And maybe actually I won't even be passionate about working with kids. But like, right now I am, and I, I just want to keep doing it um, and keep building it to, to make like a make like a machine that brings in kids and. and finds out what they like and, and kind of pushes them towards that direction in a positive way. What is the one thing you wish that the kids would take away from time at the camp? So at camp, we, we say there's one main rule that everyone needs to follow, and it's respect. So we say we want you to respect um, respect our material, so don't like be throwing stuff around, respect uh, each other, and respect yourselves. Same question, um, but now directed to the parents. So what's the one thing uh, that you'd like the parents to come away with? Oh, man. (laughs) You might not be able to put this on. If you weren't running the camp... What do you think you'd be doing? 100%, I would be still working construction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it was great. I had a good time doing it, yeah. but it's just, that is just not for me yeah. at all. I, yeah. I like to think of myself like a very happy, positive guy, and it's because of the decisions I make, to be honest, and, and that was one decision that, like, it was make or break for me at that point. And I got out of it at the perfect time, and I'm just so happy with that. Ah, okay. And so, Precious Gems, I decided on the name because I think of children as Precious Gems. Um, The reason for the project piece is that I felt that it should be a project, small projects throughout wherever it happened to be, you know, throughout the city, throughout the country. The reason they're small is because I thought, too many times we want to move children from their environment to go to a certain place 
to then experience whatever it happens to be. But why can't we have something in their own yeah, community, yeah. in their own neighborhood? And the first place that I found, Cedar Ridge, it's a beautiful facility, beautiful gardens, um, very close to an area, low-income neighborhood. And the kids, many, didn't even know it existed. And they may live three streets away. Yeah. And so so the whole project piece, that's where it's it's born from. I thought... I don't want to find a way to ship them somewhere else. How can we do it here so that they have um, a stronger sense of, of pride and interest in where they live? Um, so the question was going to be kids or moms, but I think I know the answer. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Art, so visual arts, sports, education, sort of school in the traditional sense, music. Ooh. And again, you forced me to choose one. Are you kidding? In the movie about your life? Yes. Who plays Aileen? Who? I've never thought of it before. But the first person I really thought of was Viola Davis. This one I like as well. What is the name of the movie? (laughs) The gold is in the pause. Instagram is precious underscore gems underscore project uh, and also on Facebook. You'll find us anywhere. Um, precious gems project at hotmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. I really so there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank all my guests for their participation and candor. Remember, you can find us wherever you do your listening. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or even YouTube. Just search for 54 Lights. Listen, like, share. Music for this episode was composed, enjoyed, and used with permission by Anjo. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.